Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Welcome back to Cheaper Than Therapy. We are actually really excited about today's episode. This is our first time doing what we are calling right now our laser coaching sessions, where we had a live guest call in and talk to us a little bit about something that is going on in their life right now, something that they've been struggling with. And it was exciting to sort of feel like we got to do a little bit of a live therapy type session with someone on right. the podcast. Like able to actually like process with her. I mean, she she's working with her own therapist, which is also great, but it was good because I feel like we really got to be able to get underneath some of the stuff that she was working on. And even in like mm. a quick 30 minute session, we actually, all of us, I feel like came away with some, some like different or deeper insights. Yeah. So let's get into it. So welcome, Marissa. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So usually when I start sessions, um, especially coaching sessions, I kind of start with, you know, how are you? What, what is it that is bringing you here? You know, where do you want to take the session? Like what's, what's on your mind? I feel like we sort of work from a space of psyche sort of takes over and lets you know what the session is supposed to be about. So it's not so much often with a very specific treatment plan or a focus of the session in mind, it tends to be a little bit more whatever comes up is exactly what's supposed to come up that day and we go with it. Right. So, Marissa, 
what brings you here? Um, well, a couple things. Something that was popping up a lot in my head today is I've been thinking a lot about um, coming, you know, in life, coming from a place of struggle and then coming on the other side and growing from it mm. and then being in a place of gratitude and eventually forgiveness, mm. the things and the people that didn't quite behave or work out the way that you expected them to. Mm. And I was reading the book of joy today at the beach mm. uh, with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And I was reading in particular, a, a, there was a part where it was talking about gratitude karma, forgiveness, how all these different things work for different people. So kind of a few of the things that are on my mind right now. Is there something in particular or, or people in particular that it, like are coming up for you or, or do you feel like this is resonating with you kind of across the board with your life? I think across the board, you know, with my life, I'm at a place right now. Um, I'm, you know, in my early forties and not that, uh, it's a midlife crisis, but I was thinking the other day that I, I think I'm probably at the middle point. If I'm lucky, I'm at least at the middle point of my life and, you know, coming to a place where having that understanding of who you really are, I think that's something that comes at this point in life and at this age and kind of mm -hmm. going into that discovery and looking at experiences that you've had in the past and, trying to grow from them. And, you know, part of that for me right now is dealing with some things that have kind of come up in the past and specifically people that have not necessarily, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but have not been the most positive, you know, situations that kind of went awry, people that behaved kind of poorly and coming finally to a place where I think I'm ready to go into a phase of forgiveness mm -hmm. um, and not for them so much, but really just for myself. Do you feel like there's been some resistance to find forgiveness for these people up to this point? Well, mostly, I mean, it's one specific person in general, but yes, um, I kind of told myself, I think a little bit ago that, um, you know, there's, there's a trauma that happened last year and it's been about, I think, seven months now. And mm -hmm. I uh, kind of told myself a while ago, I don't really think I ever really care if I forgive this person. I just mm -hmm. want to worry about moving on. But Lately, as I've kind of grown in this phase of development for myself and, you know, in therapy and, and whatnot, realizing that if I can't forgive that situation, not necessarily, you know, all is not forgotten. It's one of those things, but coming to a place of just understanding that, you know, a lot of times when people hurt people, it comes from a place where they're not okay and they're hurt. Right. Um, and being able to forgive this specific person and understanding that that's they did that because they weren't they weren't okay with themselves. You know, sometimes people hurt you because they're hurt. I mean, it's so cliche, right? Hurt people hurt people, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. Do you feel like do you feel like you're coming how do I say this? Like, is this a conceptualization that you're trying to work to kind of integrate? Or do you feel like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is this like a left brain? Like, okay, this is forgiveness. This is what it looks like. It's because of this. Or do you actually have like a felt sense of starting to feel like you are letting go and, and, and forgiving? Yeah. I mean, my, the left brain part of it has been in the back of my head for a while. Okay. And then, and then the, the emotional part of me was like, no, screw that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was really right. shitty what that person did and I'm not ready to forgive it. Right. Um, I, I just had this moment. I've been thinking about it a lot. And um, even today, just sitting on the beach, kind of taking it in, meditating a little bit. And I had this moment and I just, and I just thought, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to forgive this because I think it's the last 
for me, I've realized that I've, I've healed a lot and I've moved forward a lot in this situation. Um, and I'm no longer in a place of sadness thinking about it. I'm no longer in a place of hurt or resentment. And for me, I realized today the final part of it is that I have to be able to forgive to some extent. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's going to be, I mean, I don't want to carry around that negative feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at a place where I kind of almost just pity this person. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean that in a mean, in a horrible way. I'm not trying to say that, oh, you know, I pity them, but I know that they're hurt. And the way that they behaved really has to do with the fact that they're not okay. And now that I've kind of done some healing on my own and understood why I did the things that I did and my behavior was the way that it was, I can come to a place of understanding why somebody would hurt somebody out of a place of not being okay. I don't think it's okay, but I understand it. Yeah. And so Marissa, obviously we want to stay away from, you know, specifics in terms of, you know, people and what happened, but do you think just for our audience benefit, you could tell us a little bit about what this person did just so maybe they might be able to relate to something that happened to them in their, their own lives and their stories? Sure. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, person that I was friends with, a a member of the opposite sex. We had had a friendship for a long time, really close one, probably, you know, my best friend, uh, the last couple years of my life, someone that I had really been through in a time where they were going through a painful transition in their life. And Mm -hmm. someone that was actually really there for me when I was going through some painful stuff in my life. He was in a relationship and um, I personally went through kind of a a very personal trauma. And in that immediate time afterwards, after four years of friendship, he initiated an affair with me, which isn't something that I've ever participated in. I've always had very clear thoughts about infidelity and never participating in those things and telling myself things like I would never be the kind of woman who would do that to another woman. But I was in a really weak place in my life and that's kind of what happened. And then at the end of it, it just didn't quite turn out the way that I thought it would which these things never do, right? I don't think anyone wins in a situation like this, but you know, coming to a place of understanding that like, I, I could have done better, but sometimes life's put, life puts you in these painful situations and people seek comfort in, in ways that they probably aren't, that aren't productive and healthy. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I no longer speak to this person. It's been since I think July was the last time I spoke to him and both of our lives have moved on, his in a very dramatic way, mine. Um, Maybe not so much, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at of coming to this place of no longer being upset, no longer being angry, Mm. no longer feeling hurt and betrayed. I think the betrayal was the hardest part for me. It also sounds like too, there's a little bit like when you talk about it, and again, this is like, this is why I was wondering like how much of this is the left brain kind of conceptual side and like the emotional Mm -hmm. side, but it does sound like there's, for you, there's been a movement towards or working on a movement towards also forgiveness of self. 100%. 100%. And, and, that's, and that's really, that's how I came to that realization. Again, I mean, I'd like to say that, you know, as, I, as I'm sitting there today, listening to the words of the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, I'd like to say that I was so evolved that I wanted to cut, forgive from a genuine place of like, you know, wanting to be a loving being. But at the end of the day, this, this is part of this healing of myself. Right. And, you know, much more so than this, uh, relationship that happened, I came to the realization that I was in a place in my life where I was putting myself in these kind of situations with men, mm. not, not infidelity, but places of being, putting myself in uh, situations with people that were maybe somewhat emotionally unavailable okay. um, and now coming away from that. So 100%, I think I'm in a place where I feel I've, I've forgiven myself for what mm. I did and mm-hmm. the morality aspect of it, but also just for letting myself betray who I am at my core. And now I think I'm ready to 
kind of forgive him. I think that's such an important point that you just made, Marissa, because I feel like so much of what keeps us stuck a lot of times is the story that we're sort of telling ourselves about ourselves or, you know, the way that we're beating ourselves up about what has happened versus, you know, getting to that space like you're describing where we're able to have a little bit of compassion for what we were going through at the time, you know, what this experience was here to teach me versus sort of like, I should be moving through life, you know, without making mistakes, without, you know, always holding myself to the standard that I might have when I sort of wasn't in this specific situation. I think we all can relate to that. You know, these things that we sort of tell ourselves when we're younger, oh, I will never, you know, if someone cheated on me, I would leave them in a minute, you know, and then we find ourselves with someone who's cheated on us and it's it's not quite as clear and simple as we would have made it out. You know, all of these situations are life, you know, human beings going through life. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's part of it, you know, and as I kind of was mentioning being at this stage in my life, I, I've, you know, I've realized that, you know, as we, as we get older, you know, the things that we don't heal kind of Mm. stick, they're more sticky. And I, I, I see, I mean, I see it in, you know, family members. I see it in parents. I see it in um, other people that I know that are kind of a little bit further on in life that have had situations that they haven't healed from. And, you know, I, I read something that just, you know, to me really, I think about it all the time, but it's like, let's heal so we don't, you know, so that when we cut ourselves, we don't bleed on other people. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people out there bleeding on other people. And I think I was doing it for a while too, because I wasn't in a great place. And that's how I got to where I was at. So that's, that's kind of my process. And, you know, I don't necessarily forgive the situation, but I I can forgive that person because at the end of the day, we're just, we're just humans. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I was, I was thinking about it today. I mean, I'm still struggling, you know, <laughs> with how I want to do that. I was thinking about writing it down and I, I, some of my thoughts still were a little bit angry and I had to kind of face that and think about it. Mm. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, how do I get to a place of forgiveness and genuinely forgive and it not just be another opportunity for me to be like, oh, also you suck as a human. <laughs> mm. I forgive I... you for being a shitty human. That's right. not, you know, part of my language, but that's, that's not what I'm trying to. <laughs> That's not really forgiveness, you know. And when you think about what feels hard to forgive about the situation, what still comes up around that? I think it's just the betrayal of of friendship and and what I thought was a person that not romantically, but just genuinely loved me as a Mm. person and and vice versa. So I would would put my friendship ahead of... 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I think that's been the hardest part of this is losing my losing mm. my closest losing friend. A friend. Yeah. Yes. You know, mm. and having that person that you talk to every day and that you know is going to be there if there's an emergency or or you know, you're you're in case of emergency person, that person that you can just casually chit-chat about what's going on. Um that's been the hardest part, but um you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, every everything in life is cyclical and I this was a cycle that I didn't think was going to end, but mm. now it has and it's it's that process of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, everything being cyclical, I mean, even when you were sitting on the beach and you were trying to find the words and you kind of, you said that you realized there was still anger there and you had to almost like sit and face that, right? Right. And comparing, I guess, what it feels like now versus what it felt like from say like August or or even July. Right. It sounds like it feels a lot different. Like it, it sounds like you're oscillating between this is, you know, I'm okay, hurtful her. And then, and then you kind of dip into the anger and then you dip back. And I wonder, are you giving yourself space for both things to exist? You know, I, I was thinking about that actually, because part of it is, 
you know, I had a, there's some, there's some things around it that some things that have come up. And um, in the past, even if, if we were even speaking, you know, a couple of months ago in December, I might be a more emotional place. Like there might've been tears that have been, that would have been invoked. But I think right now I'm in a place where I keep telling myself that I'm in a good place as far as not having an emotional response mm. to, to things that I see or I hear. But today I real I, I had that realization that actually anger, anger is still an emotional response. I may not be mm. sad about it. I may not be hurt by it anymore, but that anger is still an emotional response. So now I feel like that's the last obstacle to kind of tackle tackle oh, so that's what i want to for me on, right is i, I want to almost like put a kind of little pin in that and say is it an obstacle or is it just what's here right now yeah i mean because even when you were feeling like okay if this had been four months ago there would have been tears right and and maybe um maybe the tears felt like an obstacle to you that you needed to get over right um and i wonder if it was just because that's where the place that's where you were and now this is where you are Right. And four months ago, there were tears at anger. Mm. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, heal, I think healing's not a linear process. Right. And, um, and I, I, I go back and forth with this a lot, you know, thinking about this. You know, I try to be a thoughtful person, especially mm -hmm. in, this, in this scenario. I want to I grow from this. I want to learn from this. I kind of hit like a precipice in my life. And I thought this is, you know, that tipping point mm -hmm. of you know, kind of getting to a place where I was like at the lowest in my low, I hit rock bottom just as emotionally and physically mm -hmm. just in life. And how do I move from that? And I think to your point, I, I don't know if it's something that I need to get over. I just think it's what's, what's happening right now. And it, it's still the remnants of it, you know? Yeah. Marissa, and to your point, you know, I feel like I hear a lot of grief in what you're talking about. And I think that that isn't linear, right? And we sort of know that there are ebbs and flows anytime that we're grieving. And I don't know. I feel like I hear you grieving a friendship that was a really big part of your life that, you know, regardless of how things sort of play out between you and this person, things are not going to be what they were. And there's grief there. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as we, as we get older, the, our friendships become different and mm -hmm. significant and important and more scarce. Yes. So absolutely. 100%, I mean, you know, I have a small circle of people that I genuinely consider to be good friends, people that I genuinely care about. And I know I'm there for them. They're, they're there for me. And that was my number one person. And mm. the loss of that has been definitely the hardest part of this. And that you're right. That's, that's what I'm grieving the most. Mm. I, I forgot that. Thank you for reminding me. Cause I think a lot of times I get stuck in the, in the betrayal as a result of the affair. And then I will forget that that's not really what it was all about. Right. Yeah. right. It, it, it's giving you, giving yourself that space, that reminder of that space of like, right. So if, if you had lost a loved one, right, like say somebody actually passed away, mm -hmm. that's the kind of grief we would be talking about. And you'd be giving yourself that space and that grace to right. oscillate between I'm angry that this person left so soon. And then I'm very sad that this person left. And then, you know, and then I'm laughing because I'm remembering something funny that happened between us. And this is how grief works. It's like all over the place, right? And so giving yourself the grace that this is similar and this is also grief. And so it's gonna, it's not going to look one way. Like it's not gonna be sadness and now we're at anger and then we're, you know, I mean, to your point, there was anger before, but it is kind of a fluctuation. 
It is. And, and I think when you're going through a healing process for any, any type of uh, trauma, you know, mm-hmm. you, you come in and out of those different stages. Right, yes. um, and sometimes you think you've moved past it. And then all of a sudden it, you know, you're, you're sitting on a beach and you're thinking, I'm ready to forgive. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, God, you suck, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and having these thoughts. And, and I think that's the, I think that's the hard part of it is, is going back and forth in those things and having to remind yourself to your point. I think this has actually been an aha moment for me of reminding myself that once I think something I've moved past something, it's, it's not always the case and it can come back in a different grief can come back in a different form. Right. Um, and mean different things at different times. Mm. And, you know, one of the things I think I've, uh, I've, kind of tried to deal with a lot in therapy is that on the outside, I think this person in order to justify their poor behavior has had to villainize me in a sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing a lot of self discovery and, and whatnot, I, I truly do believe that I did not do anything out of a malicious intent. And, and I'm trying to understand if this person specifically did and coming to that space, but also on the surface, this person kind of moved on quickly is in a different phase of life. And I feel like I'm the one who is actually like deciding to sit in the sick of it and get left with it. And I kind of got left with it. And, and then, you know, also in the space of infidelity, I I think this person has, you know, probably lied about the situation, lied about my part in it, created me to be a little bit more nefarious to his partner and to whoever in order to justify it. And I think that's where a lot of my anger still comes from is the getting away with it and pretending like I'm the villain in this Well, this is really common in in any kind of traumatic situation, which is our struggle with the um, lack of control, right? Like Mm -hmm. our struggle with Mm -hmm. this was, this was done almost to me. Like I don't have the actual power or control to, you know, write the story or to write the dialogue or whatever, you know, people feel about me or think about me. And it's really hard because you don't, you don't have that ability. And so part of moving through it is also in your own way, making peace with the fact that if this person has villainized you, it is what it is. It is what it is. And that, and that's their prerogative, right? That's, I mean, I can't control that. And exactly to your point, like letting go of that element of, of having to control that narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is something that's coming up so much lately. Just this idea of like, what do I do? You know, you hear people talking. I feel like I was just talking to someone about how it feels like gaslighting is sort of the the pop psychology term of the moment. Like people are talking about gaslighting constantly, but you know, it is that thing of we both are aware of a version of the truth that one person is sort of denying to me. And what do I do with that, right? How do I sit in sort of that devastating feeling of we both know the truth, and this other person is not willing to admit it and sort of that the truth is the truth, regardless of someone else denying it, right? So how do I hold myself in the space of I know what's true for me, their version of the truth is for them to sort of work through grapple with or not, but I have to hold my truth, you know, and hold myself in that truth. Um, and that's, that's such a perfect way to say it. And I, and I, and I'll offer this to you too, that, you know, it's something that, I have actually said was my learning, my biggest learning from 2019, right, was this idea um, that myself and somebody else can have two different versions, two different versions of reality, right? And in their version of reality, I might be the bad guy Mm -hmm. and I have to be okay with that because there's nothing I can do to change it. And I think Danae put it so beautifully, which is like, what is your truth and how do you hold yourself in your truth? That's the comfort. 
right? That's where you're going to find that comfort because you, you have no control over what their truth and their reality is, which is frustrating. So the only thing you can do is just be in control of your own. 100%. And I think what, one of the things that I was thinking about today and in that, in that whole idea is that it, it doesn't matter at this point, you know, mm. at this point, this person is no longer a part of my life and what they do and what happens in their life is, is, is for them to live with and deal mm. with. At the end of the day, I think people that behave in that way, you know, it's more to do with them than to do with anything else. Right. And I'm going to interrupt you and say, yes. And it's also still okay sometimes for that feeling to come up. Right. And be upset with them and be frustrated that you don't have control over that reality and that they probably are talking shit and all those things. Right. Right. Yes. And like conceptually, yes. And it's still okay to feel those feelings. 100%. And I, I was thinking to, to your point, that's, that's 100% the kind of the thought process that I was going through today and trying to kind of understand that, yes, that person gets to live their life, but and I'm able to feel the way that I feel, but then I also, it's up to me to kind of work through it and deal with it and then make sure that I'm okay with myself so that I don't fall into another pattern like that with somebody else. Or, and, to your point, bleeding on somebody else. Yeah. Heal so you no longer bleed, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I've said it, I'm sorry, I've said it a couple of times. One last thing I was thinking about is, you know, a lot of times we look at trauma and it's what you had said earlier, you know, something that happens to you. It's our mm-hmm. perception. And I've, I've realized in the last month or something that I, my perception of this is changing. And mm-hmm. in a sense, this was a gift mm-hmm. um, because I think there was a lot of things that I was doing in my life that had led me to this place. And it was kind of a repeat um, of just, you know, a lack of self-care and self-love and putting other people's needs ahead of my own and not being emotionally fulfilled and feeling like that was normal. Mm -hmm. And this person truly gave me a gift because now I realize that that's just not, that's not what love is. That's Mm -hmm. not what friendship is, you know? Yes. That is so powerful. And I love, you know, I feel like you sort of just circled back to what you said sort of as you started talking about this experience, you know, that it becomes about my self-forgiveness and my self-compassion and how I needed to really take care of myself. And this whole experience has given me an opportunity to look at maybe where that was the lesson in all of this. I just, I love that so much. Yeah. And not, and being good for myself. So I'm better for others. Mm. Right. Right. And so I guess like, you know, I guess my one little tidbit as we're, as we're kind of closing the, the session on this would be, because I, I come back to this a lot in, in the work that I do people is just, you know, watching, watching those thoughts, like watching that, that tendency that we have to be like, I shouldn't feel this way or, or you know, oh, I want to feel this way. And then all of a sudden anger comes up and you're like, oh, why am I angry? Right. And just noticing and catching that kind of self judgment and, and continuing to come back to this idea of it's okay. Like I'm allowed to feel how I feel. Right. And, and as you move through it and as you make sense of it, things will shift and things will change. It doesn't mean that you're not processing it. It doesn't mean that you're not healing from it or you're not mm-hmm. doing a good job in therapy and working through it. It just means you're human and you're grieving and it's all over the place. And that's just what it looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. Yeah. You're Appreciate welcome. Thanks for, you. thanks for the dialogue. This has been very helpful. Good. I'm glad.
So that was an amazing first session. I don't know about you, Danae, but I'm really excited to do more of this style of podcasting because I think that it is not just fun for us because we love doing this work, but it also is like giving somebody a peek behind the curtain, right? And she was an awesome guest because she came in with such, I guess, insight already, but was really yes. like open to hearing and to, I don't know, there was an openness, I guess is the best way yeah. to say it. Yeah, just super self-aware. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, to your point, this is a lot of why we wanted to do this podcast, right? To sort of lift the veil, to sort of show a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes, behind the door, mm -hmm. if you will, in the therapy rooms. And I think this was such a great example because, you know, Marissa brought into the session so many of the universal themes that we see so often with clients, you know, so much of the, I have a lot of self-awareness. I have a lot of work that I've already done. And yet I feel like I should be further along with the struggle that I'm having, right? So not only am I feeling all of these emotions, I'm sort of judging myself for having them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, it was so interesting because she came in and, and, you know, you hear us talk first about this, this betrayal, right? This betrayal she went through, which I think all of us can probably relate to, whether it's a betrayal by a friend or a loved one, family member, whatever. And at some point, you know, Danae actually really kind of nailed the word grief, but I think her and I were both circling around this idea that there was some grief mm -hmm. going on. And when you said that word, it, it kind of, it seemed like it almost Maybe not through her, but she was kind of like, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. This is great. Like opened something maybe, right? Right, right. And and so I think what you said is so perfect. It's like, there's a lot of us that come in to therapy or to coaching and we think like, I've done so much work already. You know, I read all the books. I'm spiritual. I'm this, I'm that. Mm. I should be so much further along. And we we judge ourselves. We don't give ourselves the grace to actually just be mm. human. And, you know, I don't think you can probably speak to the grief process, but it's not linear. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think so much of our inner work isn't linear, mm -hmm. right? Certainly grief is going to have moments of ebbs and flows, moments where we're really sort of feeling like, I, I've got a handle on this. Like I really feel a lot differently than I did about this six months ago. And then something will come over you and you will just feel activated in a way that you haven't in a while. And I think that's true of our healing processes in general, right? It's not linear. And there's mm -hmm. so many ways we'll feel like we've taken 10 steps forward with an issue and then 20 steps backward a couple of days later. And I think, you know, what we touched on in this conversation was how important it is to just bring a lot of self-compassion mm -hmm. into this process of healing, you know, that that so much grace is necessary because I think when we judge ourselves, we almost compound the issue. We almost make right. it worse, right? Right. And I also think, you know, we talked about this idea of um, the left brain, right brain thing, right? Which I know, mm. you know, people might say like, that's not even scientifically accurate anymore, but you get what we're saying when we say left brain, right brain, meaning like you over intellectualize it, right? So I can, I can intellectualize and say like, I understand that it's grief. I understand that I want to forgive. And I understand that forgiveness should look like X, Y, and Z. It's like a very conceptualized place, but that's not the feeling, right? That's not the felt what I think of what I said was actually felt sense. Like, do you have a felt sense of forgiveness? Mm. And, and it sounds like she does sometimes. And then right. other times she's pissed. And that's okay, right? Because that's part of that messy, nonlinear process. Absolutely. And I think that so much of the, the work of integrating, which is a lot of what we do in therapy, you know, and I think, you know, to your point, when we speak about left brain and right brain, what we're speaking of is sort of that intellectual versus the emotional, right? And we're right. sort of bringing those two concepts together because what we can understand on an intellectual level, sometimes our emotions haven't caught up with or 
you know, they might be different at different times. And Mm -hmm. I think what I think came up in this conversation was that I can sort of logically understand what's happening for myself, but I'm really struggling with that catching up with the emotion that I'm feeling for him or Mm -hmm. vice versa. I I definitely think that I felt a lot of, I'm struggling with forgiving myself Mm -hmm. for what I can sort of emotionally understand, but then like intellectually, I should be further ahead than this. I should be over this by now. Right. And when we separate them out like that, it tends us tends to get us into trouble, right? Because mm. they don't they don't usually overlap. Like your your intellectualizing part of your brain does not tend to overlap with the emotional part of the brain. And we get ourselves in the trouble because we feel like it quote unquote should, right? We should be this, we should be that, whatever. I think she just yeah, I think she was such a perfect example of that, of this this like judgment of self. I love that idea that like anytime we feel the shoulds coming on, you know, mm-hmm. I think we so, so often say like, can you stop shooting on yourself? Shooting all so over much? yourself. Yeah. Love that. Right? One of my favorite sayings. Yeah. But it's, you know, can I find some compassion for where I am across the board? You know, like you said a few moments ago, can I make some space for my humanity in whatever mm-hmm. space it's in right now, knowing that it's all a part of what I'm understanding, what I'm learning, how I'm evolving. Exactly as I'm supposed to. And also, you know, that's the work, right? So as somebody like Marissa who comes in and, and, you know, she's done a lot of work and I'm not discrediting or saying that she hasn't or that it hasn't been truly life-changing for her. But again, that kind of left brain approach to the work, that's not really the work, right? Like when Mm -hmm. we talk about in therapy, the work, and I'm making air quotes right now, you can't see, it's the work is actually sitting in the anger that came up right? And it sounds like she's doing that actually sounded like she was like, oh shit, that kind of took her by surprise. And she did sit with it and she was journaling about it. That's the work, right? It's not about understanding why I feel this way or I should be doing, it's like, no, sit with the feelings of anger Mm -hmm. and allow them to just be there and wash over you and then pass through you. Right. And that's how you move through. Yeah. Like it's, it almost, it takes longer when mm-hmm. we sort of don't allow ourselves to move through the feelings that, that need to be felt, right? Like, right. can I just let them be what they are for right now, knowing that inevitably they won't last forever, but they will last longer a lot of times if we sort of continue to judge ourselves for feeling what we feel. Love it. Yeah. And thank you to Marissa if she's listening. Well, guys, come back for more of these. We're going to do some more of these awesome sessions and get to the point soon where we have you guys free to call in and do a session with us. So we are in the process right now of setting up what that'll look like, whether it'll be, you know, you guys DMing us or emailing us or whatnot. Stay tuned for more information on how you can actually be on the show as one of our guests. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. And we will see, I guess I was going to say, we'll see you next time, but I guess we don't see you. So you'll hear us next time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, be well. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett. And at Danae Logan Selkin. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. 
Moonpig.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.